You're listening to the Hui Kala Baptist Church podcast coming to you from the heart of Honolulu. Hui Kala is a committed family of faith that loves Jesus and loves one another. Grab your Bible and prepare for preaching from the Word of God from Pastor Anthony King. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 13 for the last time in this series. It's hard to believe uh, we've gone all the way through the book of uh, 2 Corinthians. Uh, this is message number 52. So if this is the first time you're hearing this, you've got a lot of catching up to do, all right? Uh, probably, uh, I would say somewhere in the ballpark of 45, 50 hours worth of uh, teaching through 2 Corinthians, uh, hundreds of hours of study that we put in and tonight. It kind of all comes down to what might seem silly on the surface, but it's really, really super duper important to us as a church family. Uh, it's what makes us uh, part of the body of Christ. It's what makes us community together. Uh, it's what makes, uh, brings about fellowship uh, in believers. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, we're going to start in uh, verse uh, number 10. I go through verse number 14. We're going to focus on uh, one verse uh, throughout all of this. 2 Corinthians 13, verse number 10. Therefore, I write these things being absent, lest being present, I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord hath given to me to edification and not to destruction. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you all. Uh, Verse number uh, 12 is where we're going to spend our time tonight. Greet one another. With a holy kiss, all the saints salute you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Uh, don't close your Bible yet because we're going to take a look at uh, four other passages of Scripture here right quick. Uh, we see the verse in verse number 12 says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Turn back to the book of Romans, uh, chapter number 16, if you would. Romans chapter 16, verse number 16, Paul again closing out his letter to the church at Rome. Uh, Romans 16, 16 says, salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. Now this holy kiss uh, that was spoken of in 2 Corinthians and now uh, in the book of Romans was a typical greeting uh, that you would see that was uh, common amongst churches. Uh, It was uh, generally a kiss on each cheek as they would greet together. It would be similar to our modern day handshake or it would be uh, symbolic of uh, maybe a hug that we give and greet. Uh, the qualifications were given that it would be a holy kiss. It wasn't to be anything awkward or erotic or uh, any type of bring type any type of sensual feeling to it. It was to be a holy kiss in a way that they would greet one another. Uh, turn over to First Thessalonians chapter five. Uh, I'm sorry, First First Corinthians, uh, First uh, chapter number sixteen. First Corinthians sixteen, verse number twenty. Again, Paul closing out his uh, first letter uh, that we have recorded to the church at Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number 20, all the brethren greet you, greet you one another with a holy kiss. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, First Thessalonians 5, verse 26. Again, Paul uh, drawing down his letter uh, to the church at Thessalonica. Verse 26, greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. 
So again, we see four times here that Paul uh, draws reference to as he closes out his letter, how they should greet one another warmly uh, in, the, uh, in the church. If you think it's just a, a Paul thing, turn over if you would to the book of 1 Peter chapter number five. Peter uh, encourages the same thing. 1 Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five, verse number 14, as Peter closes his letter out. First Peter five fourteen, greet ye one another with a kiss of charity or a kiss of love. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus, amen. Uh, this holy kiss is more than just a social custom. Uh, this was more than just something that they would do uh, back in the day. The whole idea of this was to draw together a community of dissimilar people into the same family. I'll say that again. The importance of this was to take people from a dissimilar background and draw them together in community. Mind you, in the first century church here, we had uh, Jews who had been saved. Now they had been uh, excommunicated from their families, excommunicated from the synagogues, were not allowed to be able to be a part of the body the way that they normally would have before. So now they, they're without a family. Now you have Gentiles who are now believers in Jesus Christ. They were once not the children of God, but now are the children of God through Jesus Christ. You have Samaritans who would have been considered outcasts uh, that nobody wanted, had to live in their own area of town. Nobody even wanted to come across these people. Now they could be adopted into God's family and be a part of the community together. And Paul and Peter both challenged them, when you get together, make sure that there's a warm, heartfelt greeting between you to bring this idea of family together to bring us all together on the same page together. The kiss was a sign of family in this case. The spirit of the command is that Christians should express their mutual love in a way that is sanctioned by the community and the age in which they live. The idea is not that we would kiss each other. I don't wanna be a part of a church where we kiss each other. Keep your germs to yourself, okay? No way, no how. Uh, again, when you look at cultures where people get together and, and, and kiss each other on the cheek, that's just strange to me. If that's your culture, your background, I'm 100% for you. Just don't do it to me, okay? It's awkward. Uh, and so, but the idea is not that we would have a kissing time in our church. The idea is that we would have a time of saying, hey, I identify you as a part of our family. I identify you as part of our tribe. I see you as a brother or sister in Christ, and this is the way that I show that love and affection to you. Uh, I've entitled tonight's message, Why We Have a 10-Minute Handshaking Time at Huikala. Uh, why do we uh, have a time where we just shake hands for so long? It's abnormal in churches today, for sure, no doubt about it. Uh, I have uh, friends who have attended church here before uh, who live on the mainland. They say, you have the longest handshaking time of any church in America. I would probably say any church in the world. Uh, but uh, they say, and I had one friend who said, people don't like that these days. You gotta stop it, or you gotta dial it back to like 30 or 45 seconds. Just keep people a quick chance to stand up and stretch their legs and say hey to folks around them and then move on with the service that goes against what we're trying to accomplish just to give you a little bit of background on who we call it when we first started uh, our very first Sunday I believe we had 87 people of those 87 probably 25 to 30 were borrowed from another church to help us with child care and parking cars and stuff like that and as the days went on that number of 87 uh, slowly dwindled you thought I was gonna say grew, didn't you? Uh, it didn't. It began to die off week by week until we had a, a solid group of folks that were really just committed to our church. 
and probably I would say three months in or so, there was a solid group on a Sunday morning. We would have probably, uh, I don't know, 15 to 20 folks on Sunday morning over there. And then we'd have probably, uh, I don't know, uh, four or five kids out in the, the uh, lobby. I mean, we were so excited. And when it came time for handshaking time, instead of having a, a, a 30 second time where you just say howdy to folks around you, you had time to talk to everybody. I mean, like everybody. And, and so we would just kind of walk around and we, we'd use that time to time to talk and catch up. Hey, how's your week? How are things going? And as more people came into our church, we just kind of extended it a little bit longer and a little bit longer. Uh, when we, uh, about a year and a half into our, uh, our, our church uh, being started, uh, we went to two services on Sunday morning. We couldn't fit everybody in there at one time, so we went to two services. Uh, when we did that, then it, it uh, alleviated the bottleneck that we had at handshaking time, so we had more time to fellowship with folks, and it was great. And so I tried to make it a point every single Sunday to get around and talk to every single person, every single person, at least say, hey, how's, your going? how's it going, how's your week, uh, what's new with you, things like that, and just try to have a conversation. And it was one of the only times throughout the week that I would have time to have eyeball-to-eyeball time with everybody in the church, and so uh, we just kind of extended it. And I remember I met with a, a group of guys uh, whenever we were moving into this auditorium, we were coming back to one service. And I told him, hey, guys, we, I need your help at handshaking time to make sure we touch every single person, every single person in every section, especially our first-time guests, because I can't get to every person. And if I did, it would take like 10 to 15 minutes. And so our first Sunday we moved in here, I thought to myself, I'm not going to spend a lot of time shaking hands. We're going to have uh, four or five minutes and get back at it. And I found myself, well, who do you cut out, you know? I'm not going to talk to you because I know you. I'm not going to go to this section over here because I don't see any new people over there. And I thought to myself, I really just enjoy spending time with God's people. And so I began to be conflicted by this. Well, what do we do? Do we just do this because I think it's important? And again, for us, we always have to go back to what does the Bible say? And if you take a look at the, the church in the book of Acts, you never see a gathering together where they got together for an hour to hour and a half. Uh, they sang songs, they heard preaching, and they just went home. It doesn't happen. They just lived life together. They just spent time together. The Bible says they, they had meals together. They broke bread together. They prayed together. They fellowshiped. The, the idea of fellowship is not uh, us sitting around having a meal together. The idea of fellowship is us living life together. And so for us as a church family, it's a matter of us living life together. Our handshaking time is not a matter of, uh, it's time for us to get up and stretch our legs and get a cup of coffee and maybe go to the bathroom if we need to. The idea of the handshaking time is this is the time for us to live life together. If you're an introvert by nature like me, it can be one of the most terrifying times of your life. Uh, for me, I remember when we... Uh, Angela had first gotten married and we started walking with Jesus. Uh, we went to a church and the, after the service was over, they had a juice and cookie time. Uh, they had what they called a fellowship hall. Uh, and it was a special room designed specifically for fellowship. And I remember as a kid thinking, who is fellowship Paul and why does he get his own room, right? Fellowship, I thought fellowship Paul was a, a guy. And so, and so fellowship hall was a room I found later and, and it's a place where juice and cookies are served. And I remember uh, my wife said, hey, we don't really know anybody. I mean, we were newly married. We just moved to the island. We didn't know a lot of folks. And she said, hey, let's hang out and talk with folks for a bit because we don't know anybody here. And I said, I'd like to keep it that way. And she goes, no, no, no. Like, I want us to meet people. And I'm like, I want you to meet people and I want to go sit in the car. And so no lie, that's what we did. Hey, you want to go have juice and cookies with the folks in the church? Go for it. I'm going to be waiting for you in the car. Take as long as you want. I have no, I have no problem with that. Take as long as you want. Set up time to go have coffee during the week. Invite people over our house if you want to. I'd want no part of it. Why? Because I'm good. 
I, I've lived, at that point, I had lived my life 22 years and I didn't know any of those people and I was okay with that. I could live 22 more years and never know those people and still be okay. Why? Because it was all about me. And so I hated handshaking time. Even when we went to uh, another church that had a, uh, what you might say would be a normal time of just, hey, turn around and greet your neighbor. I would go to the bathroom and I would just stand there and look at myself in the mirror in the bathroom because I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want, here's the thing. Not only do I not want to talk to people, I don't want people to talk to me. Don't bug me. I didn't come here for you. I came here for me. And I don't, I don't need to talk to you. I don't need you to greet me. I don't even need you to make me feel welcome. I'm fine. I'm okay. Just leave me alone. But then I realized this pivotal moment in my life. I realized that everything in life was not about me. My head almost exploded. Like what? I don't exist for myself? You mean I exist to please God? You mean I exist to help other people love God? I exist to connect other people to God? Oh man, that was a game changer for me. When I realized that my opportunity to serve God was an opportunity to serve people. And I'll, I'll be very, very honest with you. I did not love people. I didn't even like people. But you know what I did? I asked God to change my heart. I began to, to read the Bible. And it's amazing what you find out when you actually read the Bible and you don't just hear secondhand stories about the Bible. I began to read the Bible and I found Jesus loved people. Jesus had compassion on people. Jesus wept with people. Jesus stopped to hear people's problems. Jesus prayed for people. Jesus prayed with people. And everything Jesus did, everything Jesus did was always with people. Even when Jesus was having a rough time, he went away to get some time by himself and you know what happened? Everybody followed him. And you know what he did? He just took care of people. And I realized if I'm gonna be like Jesus, I have to love people. And I asked God, no lie, probably, um, it's been probably 18 years now that I prayed and I asked God to change my heart and to help me to love people because I did not love people, I didn't even like people. You know what God did? God changed my heart. He really did. And one of my favorite times now as a child of God is a fellowship time at church being able to talk with folks. We had a reception for uh, Pastor Appreciation uh, Month a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I think that that's a really bogus holiday, but I'm thankful that you guys celebrate it. Um, but it's, um, you know what I loved? I, I loved all the food. It was awesome. No, don't, don't get me wrong. But I like just hanging out with our church family and talking and just seeing what was going on and just enjoying family that I've never had before. And so that's what the church is about. And, and some of you might say, well, I don't really care for the handshaking time. Okay, just understand it's not really about you and it's not for you. It's for other people to be connected to a community where they can learn to love God. And we get to lead the way. And I say we uh, because we're the Sunday night folks at Huikala. Uh, most of the people in this room were here Sunday morning and they're, they're back again on Sunday night. Most of us will probably be here on Wednesday night too. So I'd say we're probably more of the committed folks. Again, we don't get a feather in our cap for uh, coming to church more, but we say we want to hear from God more often, and that's a good thing. So it's up to us to lead the way. And if handshaking time comes and you put your hands in your pockets or you sit down or something like that, I'm not mad at you. I would just ask you to ask God to change your heart. Honestly, in my flesh, handshaking time is probably one of the, uh, my least favorite parts in my flesh because I'm super self-conscious I'm super nervous around people. 
It's always awkward talking to people that you don't know. There's always those people who can stare you in the eyeballs and have a really awkward silence and be okay with it. I'm not one of those people. I have to think up something off the top of my head to say, and it's usually something awkward or weird or something like that, or you say the wrong thing. and just, oh, man, I'm just not good with people. But then I have to remember, it's not about me. It's not about getting people to like me. It's about getting people to love our God. As we uh, think about greeting times and giving people a heartfelt greeting, greeting times can be awkward and uncomfortable. This is one of the reasons why uh, we don't like it because it can sometimes be awkward. Most of us have probably been in churches before where it's really, really awkward. Uh, I remember when I was uh, a single guy in the Navy and in Pensacola, uh, there was a church that I went to. I, went, I sat in the exact same seat every single week. Every single week of the world, I sat in the balcony as far as I could away from people in the pulpit, as far as I could get. I wasn't going to church because I wanted community. I wasn't going to church because I wanted to hear from God. I was going to church because I felt guilty about not going to church. And so I went. And up in the balcony were other people that were like me. They weren't really church people. They were just there because they felt like they should be. And so we sat around. We didn't talk to each other. And at the handshaking time, we were all in agreement. Nobody shakes hands up here. Don't do that. Hey, turn around and greet the folks around you. Tell them you're glad they're in church this morning. We turn around and look at each other, and we just kind of give the head nod. Keep your hands in your pockets and just keep on looking. Every now and then, some weirdo would come up there, and they'd be like, hey, brother, how's it going? It's just like, hey, we don't do that up here, man. You need to go back downstairs where you belong. We don't do that up here. And it can be awkward. It's weird when we're commanded to do something that we don't really want to do. And it's one of those things that if, it, if we're just 15, 20 seconds between songs that we sing on a Sunday morning, we turn around like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? And then we go back and we sing again. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. It's forced sometimes, but it shouldn't be. It can be awkward for us because we're self-conscious by nature. This is just who we are. We think to ourselves, I wonder what other people are thinking about me. I, I remember that guy's name, but I can't for the life of me bring it to the front of my mind right now. I remember on the car on the way home, but I think I called him Bill, but his name's Bob. Oh, man, I'm such a loser. I, I said, hey, it's a pleasure to meet your wife. And he said, this is not my wife. It's my girlfriend. And you're like, oh, I'm such a loser. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm going to help you with something, okay? Really? Nobody cares about you. Nobody thinks you're awkward. Nobody thinks you're weird. Nobody's in the car going, can you believe that guy called me Bob? Oh, my soul. What a loser. Nobody's thinking that. I have people call me the wrong name every single week. Did you know that? I had a guy uh, for uh, probably three months called me Andy. My name's Anthony. He called me Andy every single week. And he would even text me, hey, Andy, what's up? And stuff like that. And I just never corrected him. Just, just polite like that, you know? But I think to myself, my name's in the bulletin every single week. <laughs> every week. You go to our church website, there's a big picture of me with my name on there, right? But you know what I said? Nothing. I don't care. It's fine. Call me what you want. He shows up here on a, on a Saturday. And one of the guys goes, uh, he said, hey, I'm here for a meeting with Andy. And they go, we ain't got no Andy here. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's the pastor here. He's like, dude, are you sure you're at the right church? Because we don't have a pastor named Andy here. No, no. I come here every week. And he was just like, and a pastor's name's Andy. Yeah. No, no. And he was, he's like, and so I come out for the meeting. He was like, you never told me your name was Anthony. It's just like, I did the first time we met. <laughs> 
And he's like, oh, I feel terrible. It's just like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. He's like, I feel really, really, don't feel bad. You know what the problem is? We're self-conscious. We're worried about how other people perceive us and how other people look at us. Probably the first time you came to church here, you, you began to look around and say, am I wearing the right thing? If you were wearing slippers, you look around and say, is anybody else wearing slippers? Okay, I think we're good. Uh, you know, you're wearing shorts. Oh, is it okay to wear shorts at this church? Uh, I'm looking around to see if anybody else has shorts. Okay, he's got shorts on. I feel a lot better about myself, you know? Hey, you're the only person that's thinking those thoughts. And we're self-conscious like that. Even when it comes to time of greeting folks around us, what will this person think if I step out and say, hey, they'll probably think that you're fairly friendly. That's not a bad thing. But it becomes awkward when we become very self-conscious about it. Again, greeting times can feel coerced or inauthentic. Again, if we're forced to do it, it can be weird. If you're required to say hello to people that you don't want to say hello to, it can be weird. But it doesn't have to be. Uh, it's one of the things that uh, <clears throat> I'm a member on, online of several uh, different uh, pastors groups and stuff like that on Facebook and things that deal with like church hospitality and stuff like that. And there's always an ongoing debate, you know, pastors who say never, ever, ever greet a first-time guest and tell them that you're glad they're here uh, because it makes them feel out of place. There's still churches in America, I can't believe that this is true, where they ask all the first-time guests to stand and say their name. I think that would be one of the most mortifying things that you could ever do to a person in their entire life. I wouldn't stand up. And, and so I wouldn't, I mean, I, I love church, but I wouldn't stand up in church and say, hey, I'm Anthony, this is my wife, Angela. We're just thankful to be here for the first time. I wouldn't do that. It's weird. It's strange. Uh, it's, uh, and uh, I, I came across something online uh, last week. It just absolutely, I, I loved it. Uh, if you haven't found the Babylon Bee yet online, you need to look it up. It will help you. It's a website for Christian satire. Uh, it's run by Christians, so it's super clean, but it pokes a lot of fun uh, at uh, churches and, I, I, and, and Christianity sometimes. And I got a, a kick out of these here uh, that, that I'll share with you. Man only serving in sound booth to avoid greeting time. Uh, and so it's a, it's a big long article about a guy who only serves in sound ministry because he doesn't want to shake people's hands. Man stands perfectly still during church greeting time to avoid detection. And so church greeter sprints through the foyer to tackle man who dodged handshake. I think we've got some ushers like that sometimes. Like, hey, you need to come back here. You need to get a bulletin yet. It's like, yes, get them. Love that. Church visitor struggles through greeting time. Uh, and I read this, <laughs> I read the, the article that it goes along to it and it says, uh, Tom was halfway into enjoying his very first service at First Baptist until it came time for greeting time. And it's like, and uh, I got a kick out of that picture too. Here's my absolute favorite church introvert Don's do not greet medical bracelets. <laughs> I thought to myself, we should sell those for like 150 bucks a pop, right? You don't want to greet anybody, you don't have to, but you got to pay for it, right? Uh, but I, I thought things like that are so funny because, again, it's acknowledging that it's awkward. But why do we do this then if it's so awkward or it can be awkward? For many people, Sunday mornings are the only connection they have to the body of Christ. This is a terrible, sad fact that we as a church try to change, but you can't just uh, force people to change. A lot of folks, the only connection they'll have all week long with the body of Christ is Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. They don't get together for times of fellowship throughout the week. They don't come to small groups. They don't come back on Sunday night. They're just here on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And the only connection they're going to get to any other Christians all week long is going to be what's going to take place here. 
Again, if we have a 30-second time of forced uh, fellowship, it's going to be weird. It's going to be awkward. But if we have time where they can greet other Christians and hang out and develop relationships and, and form friendships, that's what this whole thing is about. I, I grieve for folks who aren't connected to a body of Christ. I worry for people who have attended church here for six years or six months to a year and have never made connections with people. That's the opposite of what the body of Christ is supposed to be. I love the fact that our church, uh, while we've grown numerically, still maintains a small church feel. That we still feel like family here. They're still looking out for each other. That we notice when people aren't here. That's what the body of Christ is all about. But for many people, they don't have that connection. And if Christians aren't connected to the body of Christ, they're missing out on one of the best parts of being a Christian. You see, a large part of the Christian life is fellowship with other believers. One of the other things that I love to do is I love uh, stuff with our church name on it. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to collect stickers. I had a sticker book, and every time we go on vacation somewhere, we go to Gatlinburg, I get a Gatlinburg sticker to put in my sticker book. And uh, I, I just always love stickers. And so when we started a church, I got a lot of stickers. Uh, and I love T-shirts. My, probably 98% of my wardrobe is made up of T-shirts, much to my wife's chagrin. Uh, but I love T-shirts, and so we got a lot of T-shirts with our church name on it. But you know what I found is it's an easy way to spark up conversation with other people, and it's an easy way to identify yourself as part of a body of Christ somewhere. Uh, one of the guys that, that uh, was a member of our church for a while who's in Afghanistan now is a Black Hawk pilot. He, uh, he came back here and he says, Pastor, you're never gonna believe it. He says, I'm sitting at the airport in Thailand. In Thailand. He said, the guy, three people up from me in line at the taxi stand has a big, huge suitcase with Hui Kala stickers all over it in Thailand. And I said, that was Larry Gregory. He goes, what? How do you know that? I said, because Larry was in Thailand the same week you were. And I said, you got who we call stickers all over his stuff. But you know, here's a guy in a foreign country. Here's a guy in a foreign country who would say, hey, nobody knows me here. I can do my own thing. And he looks and he sees a connection to his local body of believers, somebody that's a part of the same family that he is. And he's reminded that he's not alone. I'm thankful for that. Uh, every time uh, we went to, to Tripler uh, a couple of months ago to visit somebody who's in the hospital, we get out and we're walking through the parking lot and I see a, a, a car there that I have no idea whose car it is with a Hui Kala sticker on it. I thought to myself, that's awesome. I love this. Uh, I, I see people all the time who say, uh, you know, I, I saw your, uh, uh, your sticker on the back of somebody's car. Hey, I came across, you know, uh, an invitation that you left at a, at a coffee shop or uh, I had um a lady who came one time and I said, how'd you hear about our church? And she said, uh, there was a girl who was tutoring one of the kids in my class and when she left, she left a pen with your church name on it in my classroom. And I went and looked up the website and I found you guys and I came check you out. Man, it's things like that that allow us to connect other people to the body of Christ. And so the problem with most Christians though is that they're in it for them. I wanna go to a church where, you know, the service is really, really short. I wanna go to a service where they have really awesome music. I wanna go to a church service where nobody knows my name. I can come and go as I please. You're missing out on the best part of being a Christian by not getting plugged into a body of believers, by not finding a family the way that God intended you to have family. That's what the body of Christ is all about. You see, when it comes to our greeting time, a heartfelt greeting is a sign of union. It says to other people, hey, we're with you and you're with us. To shake somebody's hand says, I care about you. I'm thankful that you're here. Our first time guests, when I, when I talk to them, I say, hey, 
how'd you hear about our church? First question I always have for people, how'd you hear about our church? They'll say, oh, a friend invited me, I found you online, I was walking past and saw you. Uh, one of the increasingly ways that people find us is on Yelp. Uh, I think if, uh, looking up Yelp for a good Mexican restaurant, but I don't think of it for, for finding a church, but people do. Uh, and so, uh, but I love it when somebody says, hey, a friend invited me. I love that. Lady this morning came and I said, how'd you hear about our church? And she said, a coworker invited me. I said, man, I love that. People sharing their faith with their coworkers and encouraging them to come to church. But by giving them a handshake and saying, hey, I'm glad you're here, automatically welcomes them into the family. All of us, if you've been to church for any length of time, you've probably been to churches before where you felt like, I don't really belong here. Like, nobody knows I'm here. I can come and go and nobody will ever know the difference. Nobody's talked to me. Nobody's greeted me. Not that I need to be greeted, but it's just like, it's like I'm totally invisible to everybody here. That's the opposite of the body of Christ. Paul encourages them to greet each other with a holy kiss because it's a sign of union. You see, the body of Christ knows no boundaries. The body of Christ is not, uh, not divided up based on socioeconomic background. It's not divided up based on our ethnicity or our cultural background. Or the body of Christ is not divided up based on anything. If anything, the body of Christ is unified by all of our differences. The body of Christ is strengthened because we're different people. And a handshake is a sign of union to say that you belong to us and there's no boundaries that would keep you from being a part of this body. You see, people around the world can feel at home here because the spirit is at work. I met a couple here uh, today that were on vacation uh, on their honeymoon from Australia. And they sat back here and they sang and they had a huge grin on their face and they listened to the preaching and they nodded their heads. They took a lot of notes. They laughed. They said, oh, that was awesome. How did that happen? Because of the body of Christ. We had some friends that we've known for probably almost 20 years that visited uh, this morning. As uh, uh, they said over here on the left-hand side, I, I caught them a handshake in time. I said, hey, guys, thanks for being here today. I didn't even know they were going to be here. I said, it's encouragement to have you guys with us today. And they said, you know what they said? No lie, unprompted. They said, we love your people. They're so nice. Everybody here is so nice. We talked to a dozen people, a dozen. And they go, and we're just here on vacation. How does that happen? The body of Christ doing its job. I would hope that you and I could go on vacation to Australia and find a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church and walk in there and then be like, oh, we are so glad you're here. Oh, we're only here for the week. No worries. Worship with us because you are our brother. You are our sister. Thank you for being here. That's what the body of Christ looks like. You see, a heartfelt greeting is also a sign of affection. This is one of the things that I believe our world is lacking today as we move towards more of digital connections and less of hand-to-hand handshake connections. I've met people before who have sent me a friend request on Facebook, but they won't look me in the eyeball and say, hey, that's just weird to be. Like, I don't know you, and when I saw you, you purposely did walk, turn around and walk the other way, didn't want to talk to me, but you want to be our friend online. That's the opposite of what we're supposed to do. A handshake, though, says, I care about you. You matter to me. I like, I like to give hugs. I'm, I'm, I, I, like, dudes hugging dudes is a good thing. And uh, a lot of times guys do a, a bro handshake, you know, where we, where we do this handshake, but we do a, a hug with the other hand. Like, that's a bro, hand, bro hug. That's a good thing, right? How many, how many of you would say, I am a hugger by nature? That's you. Raise your hand. I'm a hugger. How many of you say, it freaks me out when other people hug me? Raise your hand. It's okay to be a uh, Thank you for the three, the four that are honest. God bless you. 
I grew up in the South, and everybody hugs everybody, and, you know, ants, like, kiss you on your forehead and smear makeup all over you and stuff like that. It's just weird, but uh, I, I enjoy hugging, uh, but here's the thing. I know that some people don't enjoy a hug, and so I don't hug them, and it's okay, uh, but, uh, you know, I love guys who give me a hug. You know why? Because it says, I love you and I appreciate you. Just out of friendship. And I'm not saying that I want to hug every dude in the room tonight. I'm not saying that, okay? Uh, but I believe sometimes it's appropriate for guys to hug. Hey, look, you probably don't go to work and hug other dudes at work, probably, but you should be able to do that amongst family. But a heartfelt greeting of any kind, even a handshake, hey, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for being here today. That's a sign of affection, and that's what the body of Christ does. Next, a heartfelt greeting is a sign of belonging I believe it was uh, last summer um, we changed our, our tagline of our church. We never really had a tagline, I don't think. It was just always just who we call it, Baptist Church. But last summer, uh, been, uh, right before we moved into this building, uh, we created the graphic. It says, who we call it? It says, you belong here underneath that. And I thought it was really important that other people find a sense of belonging here. Uh, I had a friend from our church in California uh, who came here to help us wire up our sound system. He looked and he goes, I love that. I think we're going to use that. And man, no, no lie, two weeks later, they went back to their church and you belong here was on everything that they had. <laughs> I have another friend who says, I really like that. Can I borrow that? And I said, yeah, sure, man. I mean, it's not unique to me. I don't guess. Just take it and run with it. <laughs> no lie. They printed tracks that look exactly like ours, use the same font and everything, has the name of their church and underneath it says, you belong here. And like, it, if you were to just like look at it, you go, hey, that's one of our, hui- oh, no, that's not ours. You know, like carbon copy of it. And you thought, so you were going to take it. I didn't mean you were like, I thought you were just like, take the idea behind it. You were like, take it, take it. Like, wow. Hey. But I thought in my mind, everybody wants to fit in somewhere. Everybody wants family, especially in Hawaii. Many of us don't live here or not originally from here. This is our home now, but we feel almost like, uh, like strangers in a strange land sometimes. And I thought to myself, if there's any place that people can belong, it's in Jesus's family. If it's anywhere where people can feel at home, it's in Jesus's house. If anybody can get connected anywhere in the world, they should be able to connect with Jesus' people. That's the heartbeat behind who Christ was. And a handshake and a heartfelt greeting is saying to somebody, you belong here. It's saying, I recognize you as part of our people, as part of our tribe, and I'm thankful that you're here. Handshakes have kind of uh, fallen out of favor in our culture today. People don't shake hands. It's kind of weird. It's kind of awkward. But it doesn't have to be. Hey, if there's going to be any place on this entire island that is loving, caring, and affectionate, it should be this place right here. I love, I was talking with somebody a few weeks ago, and they'd only been attending our church for a short period of time. And she said, "Uh, I I love this church because I have unsafe friends that I want to bring to church, and I want to know that they'll feel loved while they're here. And she said, I knew that I could bring unsafe friends to this church. And I thought to myself, yes means we're doing something right. Now, if someone's an introvert, they're going to feel really awkward when they come. You know, if they want to just, here's the thing. There's been times before where even I have just wanted to sit in the corner of a room, just hear preaching, and go home. If that's you, you're, it's good, you're going to be bugged to death, for sure, because this is a friendly place. But you never have to worry about bringing a guest with you and nobody talking to them. I've been in churches before where people say things like, hey, I've got a coworker who's coming on Sunday. Could we get like five or six people that when they come that would say hey to him? Hey, you don't have to to conjure up that here. It's just gonna happen automatically. 
because we've created a culture of belonging. We've created a culture of love and our handshaking time is just one of those times where we have the opportunity to connect with one another. Final thoughts here tonight. As we think about this, let's continue to keep who we call the friendliest place on the island. If somebody's having a bad day, they can come here and know that they're loved. If somebody's trying to find a place to fit in, they can come here, they can feel loved. And I want you to, I'm gonna take a minute to even to say this. If someone comes to our church and they're struggling with sin, this should be the place that they can get help. This is a place where the gospel is preached, people are loved and are encouraged to walk with Jesus. And I'm gonna even go one step further that if we have a couple that, that maybe they're living together in fornication, in an adulterous relationship, they're not married, but they're living together in sin, this should be a place where they're loved and accepted and loved to the cross of Christ where they can find hope. If there's a couple who's in a same-sex relationship, they walk through the doors of this church, they should feel loved, appreciated, and accepted because the only place in the world someone will tell them the truth and help them to Jesus is gonna be this place here. And if we ever if I, as the pastor of this church, ever get wind of someone being looked down upon because of their sin, being judged because of their sin from here and being treated any way, you're gonna have to take it up with me because it's not gonna stand. The heart of Christ is that he loves sinners. He died for sinners. He wants to help sinners come to finding a right relationship with him. And if we can't be those people that lead them there, nobody can. If sinners can't find help with the body of Christ, there's no hope for them today. And friend, if, if sinners can't find hope in the body of Christ, we should find something else to do. We really should. So let's keep this place, the friendliest place on the island. I get it. Sometimes the handshake in time, you just want to grab a cup of coffee and run to the bathroom before the service starts again. I get it. It can't be like that every week though. I want you to, to continue to make this place a welcoming, loving place. Max, be on the lookout for people that you, uh, for first-time guests or people that you don't know. It's easy sometimes to gravitate towards the three or four people that sit in your section that you automatically know and just talk with them every week. It's easy to do that. It's tough to leave the area that you sit in and go across and find people that you don't know and talk to them. That's, that's tough, but I'm asking you to do that. Be on the lookout for people that you don't know. Here's the thing. Some folks will leave before the service is even over. There's people every single week that I say, hey, uh, let's have a word of prayer, and they grab their stuff and they walk out. Every single week, people do that. There's people that when we begin making announcements, grab their stuff and leave. There's people that are kind enough to wait until we sing, but I walk out. What I do every single Sunday morning, uh, I drop myself ahead immediately out to the sidewalk, and I try to catch every single person that comes uh, before they leave, everybody. There are people that beat me out to the sidewalk because they're in a hurry to get out of here. You know the only time they ever had a chance to connect with anybody in this entire church? Handshaking time. That was it. So we have to be on the lookout for those folks and making sure that they feel welcome while they're here because we might not have the opportunity before the service is over. Number three, continue to be the church that makes unbelievers feel welcome. <laughs> Let me just tell you this. Every single week of the world, I'm gonna share something that's gonna make unbelievers very, very, very uncomfortable. Every week. The gospel's a confrontational message and it makes unbelievers feel very, very vulnerable. I uh, had the opportunity to invite some friends of ours to open house that are not believers. And I was going through the gospel and I was talking about hell and how there's no hope for you outside of Jesus Christ. 
And if you die in your sin, you'll be separated from God for all of eternity in a place called hell. And there's no getting out. There's no second chances. And I was talking with Thatcher after the service and he said, I don't know if it was just uh, the way he was sitting or something. He said, but the, the, the guy, you know, we were talking about, he said, the whole time you're going through the gospel, he said, he was shifting back and forth in his seat. And he was rubbing his hands on his pants and said, he was kind of scratching his head. And he said, you could feel it, tell he felt very, very uncomfortable. Hey, the gospel makes people feel super uncomfortable if you don't believe it. And that's okay. We can't do anything about that. But you know what we can do? We can make them feel comfortable that this is a place where they can explore their faith. This is a place where they can get to know Jesus. This is a place where until you find the answers that you're looking for, we're gonna continue to love you to Jesus. We can make this a comfortable place for unbelievers by making them feel welcome here. Hey, unbelievers belong here, but they can't be a part of the body of Christ. Unbelievers need to find hope here. It's the only place in the world you'll find it. And we have to make this a place where unbelievers are comfortable from a hospitality standpoint, but from a spiritual truth that they hear, they're always gonna feel uncomfortable by the truth of the word of God. Number four, step outside of your comfort zone. Again, this is us taking, hey, I'm an introvert by nature and just setting that to the side and just saying, hey, I'm just gonna say hey to that dude beside me even though I don't know him. This is a, hey, I don't know that guy over there, but I'm gonna ask him what his name is. Here's the really awkward ones. I've sat by this guy for the last 12 weeks and I always say, hey, dude, what's up? But I have no idea what his name is and today I'm gonna ask him. That's weird. There's a guy that uh, uh, is working on the construction site over here and every time I'm out back, he walks by and he goes, hey, pastor, how's it going? I said, hey, man, what's up? And one day he came over and, he, and we were talking for a while and, uh, and stuff like that and he was telling me about the church that he goes to and uh, he was thankful he was getting some overtime that week. He said, man, I'm thankful I'm getting for overtime. He said, because uh, I made a commitment to give more to my church this year and he said, my overtime's gonna allow me to give more to my church. I said, man, good for you. And so we were talking a little bit and he told me about how he got saved and stuff like that. We talked for probably 30, 45 minutes. Uh, one day my car broke down and I was having the tow truck driver the roadside assistants come pick my car up and tow it. And he looked out and saw my car being towed and he ran over to the tow truck driver and goes, oh, don't tow that car. That's my pastor's car. Don't tow it. And I go, oh, no, no, it's okay. I asked him to tow it. He's like, oh, okay, I just want to make sure. <laughs> and so every time he walks by, he says, hey, pastor, what's up? I said, hey, dude, what's up, you know? And the other, t- other day he was leaving. And he said, hey, pastor, have a good one. And I said, hey, can I ask you something? He goes, yeah, I go, dude, I have absolutely no idea what your name is. And he laughs and he goes, I'm Rob. I go, Rob, pleasure to meet you, man. He goes, I just know your name's Pastor. (laughs) I said, I'm Anthony. He's like, hey, Anthony, what's up? I said, hey, Rob. It was weird because I talked to the guy for an hour almost. I had no idea what his name was. I see him every day. I'm like, hey, dude, what's up? He's like, Pastor, construction dude. (laughs) You know, I had to say, Hey, man, I have no idea what your name is. He says, it's Rob. Okay, I'm gonna remember that. When people come, and sometimes they don't come back for a while and they come back again, you know, six weeks later, sometimes I think to myself, I have no idea what that person's name is. And I'll go to him and I say, hey, I know what your name is, but could you remind me one more time? Got it. I'll never forget that again. I take a, out a three by five card and I write their name down so I won't ever forget it again. Hey, I remember your son's name's Billy, but I can't for the life of me remember your name. Can you remind me one more time? I'm really bad with names. I'm just honest with people. You know what that requires me to do? Step outside my comfort zone. Oh, where they're gonna think you're an idiot. I don't care what they think about me because it's not about me. 
Again, this requires us to set our feelings to the side for the sake of making someone else feel welcome here. Next, make the church more than just about Sundays. Somewhere along the line, we bought into the idea that going to church once a week for an hour to an hour and a half was being a part of the church. If you read through the book of Acts, that was never the idea. The idea is that you be part of a, a community seven days a week. It doesn't mean you have to come to every event that we have scheduled on the church calendar. It just means that church isn't confined to a, a meeting on Sunday morning or a meeting on Sunday night. The church is a community, it's a body of believers, it's family, that's who we are. And so being a part of a body means connecting with people outside of Sundays. Maybe there's somebody you need to say, hey, we should grab lunch this week. Hey, I'd love to have you guys over. Hey, we should get coffee. Hey, what part of the island do you live on? You live on the windward side? I never go over there. I've never been across the poly in like the last six months. I, we should totally get together over there and grab a slice of pizza. Man, that's what being the church is. Hey, you're going through a rough spot? I'm gonna pray for you this week. I'm gonna put you down on my prayer list. I'm gonna pray for you every day this week. And then next week, hey, man, how'd that thing work out at work this week? I was praying all week long about that. You know what that does? That connects people to the family. That's what it's about. Final thought here tonight, commit to the community. This means putting your roots down and being a part of something greater than yourself. Committing to the community. <laughs> Not everybody has this idea of community the way that the Bible explains it. I met people before who, uh, oh, I, I like your church. I like the, the Wednesday night groups that you guys have together, but I also go to a ladies' Bible study on Monday night at this church over here, and then I, I serve on the worship team at that church over there on Sunday mornings, and they got this really good meal over at this other church uh, up in New Uwanu on Sunday nights, and I go to that, and it's like, you're a part of like 12 different churches. It's not the idea. Pick one, put your roots down, commit to it. That's the way this works. Most of us many times in our immature Christianity look for things that serve us. When we mature in our faith, we look for ways to serve others through the community. It all has to come back to the local church. It always has to come back to this body of believers. Why do we have a 10-minute handshaking time at our church? Because we love people or we wanna love people. Because people need to feel connected to our community because for some people that's the only fellowship that they'll get with other Christians all week long. Shouldn't be that way, but that's the case for some folks. Because it requires us to step outside of our comfort zone and love other people, even when it's awkward for us sometimes. And really, at the end of the day, it just helps us be like Jesus. You know, when Jesus spent time with the woman at the well, the Bible said he was traveling, and he said, hey guys, I need to run through Samaria right quick. It wasn't on his way, but he said, I need to stop through Samaria. And I know these apostles are like, hmm, of all places, really Samaria? Like they're, that's the last place we need to be. So no, no, I need to go through there. You know why? Because there was somebody that needed to spend some time with him. The woman at the well, she got saved. She went back and told the city about what had happened. The whole city came and got saved. They said, hey, would you hang out here for a few days with us? And Jesus says, yeah, I'll hang out for a few days. He needed to go through there. Why? Because there were people that needed him. Next Sunday morning, I'm gonna say, hey, find some folks around you this morning that you don't know or don't know well, introduce yourself to them, tell them you're glad they're in church this morning. And I want us to go, yeah, it's go time now. And begin looking around. Okay, I don't know that guy over there. I see that person with a shell necklace. I'm totally on them after this. I see somebody talking to them, I'm gonna give them a minute and I'm gonna jump on that over there, man. That's what we need to be thinking. 
Or hey, here's a totally crazy thought. I'm gonna give you something totally crazy. If you wanna take this like next level, like I'm on and I'm gonna crank it up to 11, right? This is what you're gonna do. Show up early for church. Early, right? Like 10 minutes before the service starts. Like before we start the five minute countdown, show up and just start looking for folks. I don't think I know that guy. Let me go talk to him for a minute. Here's, here's a crazy thing. Most of you probably when you came to Who We Call Us for the first time, you had these thoughts in your mind. I don't know what time the service starts or I know it starts at 10, but I don't wanna be late. I don't know where parking's at. Parking might be hard to find. And so I'm gonna go really early to make sure I find a place to park and find a good seat and stuff like that. Only to, to realize that you got here way early and you're here probably 20 minutes before the service starts and you're sitting there by yourself and you read the bulletin six times, right? It's like, okay, that's our opportunity. That's our time to shine, folks. Hey, man, it's your first time here. Thanks for being here today. I'm Anthony. You know, you live nearby? I have a list of questions that I run through, and if people aren't very conversational, it, it can appear really awkward, like I'm grilling them, you know? It's like, hey, do you live here? No. Oh, okay, are you visiting? Yes. Where are you visiting from? Uh, California. Oh, really? What part? Southern. What part of Southern California? L.A. What part of L.A., you know? And it's like, Glendale. Oh, we should go to the Glendale Galleria. I love that mall. Are you a Lakers fan? No. Clippers? No. Rams? Like, I don't just, it's just like, what is up with all the questions, you know? I'm just trying to make a connection to draw people into the body of Christ. That's it. And you say, well, that can be weird. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's what's required of us. So that's why we do what we do. If somebody ever says, you guys get the longest handshake in time of any church in America. You say, man, praise God for that, huh? Praise God for that. This is our opportunity to love people and show them the love of Christ.